RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Track Files, Episode 14, Fan Letter to Gene Roddenberry from David Weibel, March 25th, 1991. This episode of The Trek Files is sponsored by the official Star Trek Starships XL Editions. Large format ships, officially authorized by CBS Studios. Subscribe today and get the USS Voyager for 20% off and with free shipping. For details, visit st-starshipsxl.com slash thetrekfiles. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Hey there, deep divers and Trekophiles, spelled with an F. We've got a great one for you today, a great document from Gene's archives. Uh, you know, they got fan mail on this show. You may have heard that. And fan mail from more than a flounder. Um, we've got a section of one today. Actually, we have the whole damn thing. It's 18 pages. It's late fourth season, next generation. And you know what? Talk about the spectrum of fandom all you want. But if there weren't passionate fans, there wouldn't be a franchise, right? Okay. Well, sink your teeth into just a piece of this. Now, remember, you can go to Facebook.com slash The Trek Files and read all 18 pages. And we love our fans. This is a very intelligent letter from an attorney who is a devout fan. He lets Gene know that. And this is an example of the kind of letter that gets saved. March 25th, 1991. Dear Mr. Roddenberry, I'm writing this letter as a concerned fan. I feel there are serious problems with Star Trek The Next Generation, about which I thought you might like to get a fan's perspective. These opinions are humbly offered with the knowledge that the show is yours to do with as you please, and in the hope that they will afford you the opportunity to view the series from outside the production bubble. In fact, if you are completely satisfied with the levels of quality and economic success Star Trek The Next Generation has achieved, there is no need to read the rest of this letter. I do not presume to know anywhere near as much about producing good television as you, and therefore do not insist upon the irrefutability of my opinions. As a writer myself, though, I am well aware of the value of sincere, thought-out, constructive criticism. It is impossible for one man to think of everything, and so the commentary of others is usually eye-opening. Star Trek fans, you asked for bigger ships, and now you've got bigger ships. The official Star Trek Starships XL editions from Eagle Moss are twice as large as the standard models. Officially authorized by CBS Studios, each iconic ship is die-cast and hand-painted. And each comes with an in-depth magazine featuring production artwork, highlights of the ship's history, design, and a breakdown of the technology on board, along with crew and weapons. Start your collection today with the 10-inch XL Edition USS Voyager for only $59.95 with free shipping. New models ship every other month for the same low price with free shipping, and you may cancel your subscription at any time. For details and to order, visit st-starshipsxl.com slash thetrekfiles. Go big with the official Star Trek Starships XL editions at st-starshipsxl.com slash thetrekfiles.
Welcome back to the show, my good friend. He's a former, I tell you what, I thought he was going to be running Paramount by now. Maybe he secretly <laughs> is. Maybe in the Kelvin universe he is. <laughs> But no, he's you know he was a fan. He worked he worked with Mary Howard. Worked with with Rick Berman for years and years. Was associate producer on Enterprise. Produced on the original series remastered project. Um, still is at Paramount, working in Paramount Parks and Resorts. My good friend Dave Rossi. Dave, it's great to have you back. Thanks, Larry. Good to be back. Does this does this PTSD you back to? Um, wow. Uh, yeah, we used to certainly fan letters are are an important part of it, and there are fan letters, and there are fan letters, and. Um, you know, uh, I was talking to you earlier when you first sent this over to me via email, and it's one thing to read it on your computer, but boy, when you're when you're holding it in your hand, it is a tome. <laughs> it is. Now, I was wondering though. You know, in our email hurry up digital world, it's typed. It looks very nice. It looks like a script. It's very 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, is 18 type pages single spaced really? It's with paragraph line breaks. I won't be cruel there. This is a great guy. He's an attorney. He's very literate, very intelligent, Mm -hmm. sets out his points. Very detailed. Very detailed, because what Star Trek fan is not detailed. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Why would they mess with it if they weren't detailed? But it is is passionate, and he covers about – if he hasn't covered 47 points, I think he's close to it. Yeah. uh, So I say this with all – we're talking about this letter with all the love of all fans everywhere. All all felt like going off on a tangent at one point or another and doing that. We just have this in paper as a snapshot in time. Absolutely. And, and, you know, this sums up – look, when you're doing something that has this this, uh, uh, wide a swath of a following, you know, it's never going to be right for everyone. Right, so as as a fan, you expect, you want, you need certain things from these uh, shows and these episodes and these characters and these stories. And when you don't get them, um, you're in, in some cases moved to to talk about it. And and uh, certainly, this guy had a lot to say. Um, <laughs> you know, he made the mistake though. Uh, of uh, of early on in his letter, he says, "If you are completely satisfied with the levels levels of quality and economic success." STTNG has achieved. There's no need to read the rest of the letter, so I threw it out. No. <laughs> well, we need to. We need to now. We'll talk about a few. You can't really dive into the the, the 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 grift of this letter because if you do, we'll be here all day. Yes, yeah. There's a lot. So, so there's a couple of fun things to to look at. There, we should note though. And again, guys, uh, the section that we highlighted at the beginning was his very uh, diplomatic opening, and, and not that he ever loses his attorney. You know, uh, demeanor, here, yep. demeanor and tone. It just goes on and on with very specific questions over several major areas, and a lot of it's what people have said. We get into, we get into the perfect humans and the downfall of that. It's just so much. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting that his his preface, you know, which is certainly very diplomatic and yes. very uh, uh, encouraging, and how much he loves Star Trek. Oh, he sets and, out his bona fides uh, <laughs> at the beginning too. He does. I was second in line for the first screening of the motion picture. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Look, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's got some chops, some Star Trek chops. Uh, but he talks about how much he loves the show and how it impacted his life and how, you know, and then goes on to dismantle it completely. Um, well, that's not true. I'm, I'm being a little facetious here, but uh, but certainly he has a lot of problems with it. And, and you know, let's go with one of the big ones. I mean, one of the big ones, Larry, right off the bat, is 
the perfect human problem, right? Right. right. He praises Data. He praises Worf. Uh, but, of course, his his take on Picard and, and all the other humans on the, on the ship is they're not characters. Right. There's no exploration of them there because they, they need to be perfect, which, as you know, is, was one of Gene's uh, right. uh, tenets about what the 24th century was like and who we were as human beings. Um, but, you know, he also says things he he – he makes uh, he says a lot of things that go in the face of what it is to produce a television show that's 43 minutes long he wants um very in-depth uh, commentaries on humanity that that you can get when you're doing you know serialized television he has or- a problem with the issue shows <laughs> and he has a problem with the puzzle shows but i guess i guess he was all about the procedural shows <laughs> He's- that's what, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I don't know how you get around that. I mean, it's certainly some of the things he points to are interesting points, but they're things that you just can't handle in a in a weekly television series. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Well, I was going to say there's a couple couple of things. You know, talking about that, but then he he uses a Picard's reaction to to the Royale. And says, oh, it's a banal book full of cliches. And he says, sadly, that's what I believe could be said about this series. Well, that was second season. You might critique the show finding its footing. But he wrote this letter by the – ironically, he wrote this the year after the Best of Both Worlds summer. Everybody – the third season – Got that, you know, Pillar got the show on its on its back up and running in a in a great way with a great vibe. The show exploded in the fourth season. So yes. the popularity boom was off and running, and that's when he wrote his Yeah, that's when he got pissed. That's when he got that hey you. <laughs> <laughs> but he talk, I mean he's talking about some to- some shows and what he had a problem with. And he call- and some of them I almost might agree with, but uh then he The Wounded, which is an incredible show. He talks about, oh, it's the unassimilated veterans episode. So, you know, every we all, we all have our opinions. Some people would agree with them wholeheartedly. We all have our opinion that everybody else goes, what? You know, what? what? So there is that. I think, I don't think it's really a wacky, crazy letter. It's just that it goes on and on and on. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and, to, and to say things like, you know, you want to. You want to talk, you know. Obviously, Star Trek is a topical show. It's it's it functions very well when it does that. So to say, well, we're going to talk about terrorism, or we're going to talk about drugs, or we're going to talk about some of the things he points out in in this this um, book, mini book that he sent us. Um, you know, it's I, I think Star Trek: The Next Generation, in particular, uh, when it hit its stride. Third, fourth, fifth season. I mean, we tackled those stories uh, as best we could on, you know, in in what we could do with with right with our schedule and twenty six episodes a year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and knowing that you have to write a script every week, you know, it's not certainly we have premises going, but those scripts are being written, you know, a week, two weeks before. Um, before they're going to be produced. So right. it's it's not like we can send them off to, you know, I mean, he also makes a comment, I think, about, uh, you know, why don't you bring Scorsese in? 
he talks about directors, and right. you know, I I think you could. And if it's a matter of money, well, many then, of them have moonlighted by directing TV episodes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. He says to bring in Scorsese, and he says, "But if you if you can't because of money, you need to reassess because those, those guys would bring something that's you know that's very special. And yes, it would be a special price tag." Now he he did, and I, again, we're not jumping on. If you're out there hearing this, uh, David, we're we're looking at this as a snapshot in time because I did want to point out that you he he does tell Gene in his letter that he has a, a he majored in film studies at San Francisco State and he has a BA in film studies and he made some short films and then he went into law right <laughs> apparently he has one law as you section. can tell by the footnotes yes yes very neat 1990s this reminds me of a script the, the font off the the types the typewriters for for the script era uh, yes he has every he has footnotes throughout you can tell he's been to film school. He's talking about conflict and all the, but he has one big sp- section about spirituality and uh, how he thinks that they should have dealt with fun- not not fundamentalism, fundamentalism, but uh, for its own sake, but just to, for the conflict you can get out of that because it's a worldwide problem. And that it's part of a, uh, it's part of being a human being. He says in, mm-hmm. in the letter, he quotes that your spiritual side is as important as any other side, and we don't touch it. So he he thinks that Data and Worf. Uh, would be the only characters seriously missed if you ever decide to recast or com- he loves Barkley because right I think he even suggests killing characters yes he says that right and replacing some them. of the actors portraying the weaker characters might be a great boon to the show so this is the uh, survival of the fittest <laughs> right school of TV series evolution um, uh, but then he says again I'm hesitant to make specific suggestions. <laughs> Not because I don't have any ideas on the subject, but rather because I feel that only you really have the authority to make these decisions. I think maybe he doesn't know what specific means. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> – I hope he's not asking – you know what? Why don't you make some decisions for me there? Like, no, I – yeah. But I'll tell you, as, look, as far as fan letters go – These characters are so godlike. As far as fan letters go, um, you know, we – Promote Barkley to chief engineer. <laughs> We received a lot of fan mail that – like, for instance, every week we would get a call from a guy named Jeff Treese who lived in Ocala, Florida, and he ran a company, a company called uh, Supertech. And his entire company was based around warp engines and phasers. And every episode we aired – he would call us and he'd say, hey, it's Jeff Treso, California, Super Tech Industries, and he'd leave this message. And he said, this is for Rick or this is for Dave or Doug or whoever he was talking to at the time. And he would talk about how we screwed up portraying how powerful warp engines were or how phasers were and how he had the solution for it. Every week we got a call. And he would then start sending us documents and, you know, I mean, it was so that was his – Right, that was his that, part of it. We had another person who um, I, I don't even know how to explain it. He he would send in pictures of the Enterprise fighting against a giant mud crab. Yes, I've seen. Yes, maybe I'll I'll find an old one and maybe you can put it online with this so people can understand what it is. And like he would say things like, uh, "This is how I would like to see the Enterprise." fight the Borg, and all he would do is take a picture of the Enterprise and put a giant drill, like in Photoshop, on top of the Enterprise going towards him. 
you know. And and then he had this entire fleet of crab ships that were like crabs, like on the beach. Um, so you know, I mean, look, it it, it takes uh, it it takes all kinds to to, uh, uh, to. So who's to say that this that this eighteen page uh, letter doesn't have uh, weight? <laughs> well, it obviously had a response because he wrote his letter March twenty fifth. There's handwriting on the top from GR. It's the re, the reply re, uh, yes. re, and there's a reply letter. Very nice. Uh, very, I appreciate the time, and we will look at these recommendations. We get lots of recommendations. Very non, but but the coding. Thank BAD from GR. <laughs> Thank yes. you, but bad letter. <laughs> <laughs> And it is a very nice response. Yes, it is. And it even says in there somewhere that, you know, uh, oftentimes input from the fans finds its way into helping us make our decisions. It is. No, it's a very, a very politic letter. You can see that, too, with the documents. Dave, thank you for coming in and reliving uh, the fan fan reaction world of Star Trek. Uh, Thank you. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Additional production by Ken Ray. All documents are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. For more great podcasts, check out podcast.roddenberry.com. For more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47, that's me, at larrynemechek.com. podcast.roddenberry.com The Roddenberry Podcast Network